Hello everyone, today is June 6th, 2016. I'm your podcast host, client manager John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned firm headquartered in Shenzhen, China that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is none other than George Huang, who is back with us today to talk about product inspections and the costs related with those. Product inspections can get to be expensive at some point for some some customers, maybe for some more than others. You know, if someone's importing promotional goods and they're really cheap or they're they're relatively low cost items, then product inspection costs could be relatively more expensive for those types of customers. Is that a reason to discourage product inspection? Should importers be saying, oh, I can't afford product inspection, so I'm just not going to hire a third party or send my own people in the factory to do that? As we all know, product inspections can get high sometimes for a variety of reasons. However, it's always good practice to either use your own trusted QC or hire a third party QC before your goods are shipped. And if high cost is the main reason why you are considering abandoning quality control altogether, then there are ways to manage those costs. Okay, great. So we're talking here about five reasons for high product inspection costs based on an article that you wrote, I think, earlier this month or last week. And the first one that you mentioned is similar SKUs inspected separately. We're talking about stock keeping units here, items. So what do you mean by inspecting similar SKUs separately and how does that typically raise the cost of inspection? I also wrote an article on this a while back, but basically when you have very similar items, say you're importing five chairs, five different colored chairs, there's no reason to separate the items by different stop keeping units or SKUs because the only difference between these chairs are the colors. So when you inspect these items based on the SKUs, then the time that you would use are multiplied. So if you inspect these items as five different items, you have to take five times the amount of time to pull samples, to inspect, to perform on-site tests, etc., etc. And this will really eat into how much time is needed and therefore raising the cost substantially. So when you talk about merging SKUs for inspection, similar SKUs, you're talking about rather than pulling separate samples of each SKU or item that are similar, for example, only differ by color, Rather than pulling those samples separately, you can pull one larger sample from them together and inspect those and still get a pretty good idea of the quality of all of them. Is that right? That's correct. Are there any situations when you shouldn't merge SKUs? Right. So, for example, electronics. If you are importing earphones and also speakers from the same factory, it might not be a great idea to be merging these SKUs as these items, they're fundamentally very different in their structure and in their purpose and how they function. So if you merge these items together, you might find that when you get these items, there are a lot of overlooked defects and functional issues, things like that. So really the bottom line is, if an importer is dealing with a number of SKUs that differ significantly in functionality or use or the production processes used to manufacture them, then they should not merge those because it could really underrepresent the number of defects as opposed to inspecting them separately. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. The second reason for high product inspection costs you mentioned is reinspection with limited improvement. So let's talk about that and how does that contribute to more costs? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of importers have had this experience where they receive a report and it says fail because of so-and-so issues. So they want to request a reinspection because they want to make sure that these issues are taken care of by the factory. However, they get the second report and you know what? These issues are still rampant throughout the PO. So by already performing one reinspection, you've basically almost doubled your QC costs. And if those issues aren't fixed, there's possible delays, and then you might have to perform a second reinspection, and that drives up the cost significantly. Okay, so they might have to reinspect because issues weren't addressed originally, or issues possibly the supplier didn't even know that the customer couldn't really accept certain defects. What are the remedies here? How can importers avoid a situation where they're needlessly reinspecting goods because issues are continuing to crop up? Right. So I think this goes back to the golden rule of communicating effectively with your supplier. If you set your expectations up front very clearly, either on the PO or have your supplier agree to them through email, then it's easier to hold them responsible for the issues that can be found within the inspection or the reinspection. Something else that you mentioned in the article is quality control checklists and clarifying expectations there. And yeah, I definitely agree that putting that stuff on the PO and on the quality control checklist and letting the supplier know, preferably before you place an order, before you put a deposit down on that order, just letting them know what sort of defects or issues are acceptable, what sort of defects are unacceptable, and in what numbers that can really avoid having issues later down the road with unacceptable substandard product. You also mentioned chargebacks. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about those? Right. So this is one of the first things that would come to an importer's mind when it comes to how to save money on reinspection costs is to charge back to the suppliers. But there are a couple of things to remember here is that if you didn't make your expectations known fully to the supplier before the inspection, then it would be very hard to hold them responsible for the reinspection costs. And also it's important to note that not every importer can successfully charge back to the suppliers. Depending on how long you've worked with a supplier, how many orders you place, and how big those orders are, trying to charge back to the suppliers might actually hurt your relationship with them. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that, you know, for a small time importer who's not necessarily a hugely valued customer of a supplier, it's probably not wise to start demanding a chargeback. The only thing you have to leverage really with that is your current relationship, your existing relationship with that supplier and the potential loss in business if you decide to go to another supplier and stop working with that existing one. So I do think it's a little bit risky, and it's important for importers to understand if they want to force the issue and, and ask the supplier to pay for inspections or reinspections, they need to make the expectation clear up front, as you said, and they also need to consider that relationship and, and sort of weigh the risk that they're confronting with that. The third Reason for high inspection costs that you mentioned is long travel time for inspectors. Tell us what you mean by that. Right. So I think this one is something that's easily forgotten by importers because, you know, it's not something that you think about when you think about inspections. But it's important to note that sometimes, a lot of the times actually, inspectors have to travel to get to the factory location. And China is a pretty big place. And so these travel times can get very long and they have Inspectors have to leave 5, 6 o'clock in the morning to be able to catch the train. Basically, when it comes down to it, sometimes the inspectors can be traveling for 4 to 5 hours 
And that's very common to see in a day. And not only does it cost time, there are a lot of costs that are just associated with traveling in general. So if you think about it, there's bus fare, train, or taxi, or sometimes if it's really far away, even flight tickets. Some cases where the inspections drag on really late into the night, they might have to find accommodation in the city that they're at instead of going back to their homes. Any meals that an inspector eats during the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and wages paid to inspection staff for their time in transit. And this is all covered under the expenses section of an inspection quote. So depending on where your factory is and the relative position of the closest inspector, this can really increase the inspection costs. So it sounds like there's a lot of costs that the importer has to consider. You know, whether they send someone from their home country to fly over wherever the factory is, let's say China, Vietnam, or hire a contractor, hire a third party to go in and inspect. Regardless of that decision, there's some expenses associated with having that inspector travel to the factory where they're doing the inspection. And as you said, these things can really add up. So what can they do to really limit this cost, the travel cost for inspection? Right. So if you're using a contractor to perform your inspections, then you should make sure that there are local inspectors at the city where your factory is or within the region to make sure that you keep the travel times low and then in effect the travel costs low. Definitely. It's definitely cheaper to have inspection staff locally based that won't have to travel a significant distance to the inspection site. That can really save costs significantly. Your fourth point here is inefficient sampling during inspection. And what do you mean by inefficient sampling and and what can they do about that? So the standard used in the QC industry is known as AQL or accepted quality levels. So what this means is depending on how big your PO is or how big each of the SKUs are, an AQL level dictates how many samples will be used in the inspection. However, as many of you know, inspections are quoted based on mandates or time. And so what this means that sometimes it's more possible to inspect more pieces in the quoted time frame than what the AQL standard says. So for example, you've been quoted a one mandate inspection for a thousand pieces of watches, as the example says in the article. But based on AQL, the inspection level is only 125 pieces. But if you inspect based on time instead of AQL, the inspector may be able to go through 170, maybe 180 pieces in the same time and at no extra cost to you. And so some importers may find this extremely valuable because, well, it's more pieces inspected. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, typically inspection companies or professional product inspectors will rely on the AQL standard, which dictates that a certain number of pieces be checked in a given sample size for a particular quality level. And normally when they quote inspection, they do it based on time, as you said, and they'll have that sample size in mind according to AQL. But by not using AQL and inspecting instead based on the time, they can inspect as much as they can in that period of time, send the report to the customer, and they'll be able to see the result of a sometimes greater sample of goods than if they'd stuck to AQL. Is that right? Right. But there are also negative effects of inspecting based on time instead of AQL. Because AQL is the industry standard, the results are statistically significant when you use the standards. 
But because the AQL standard also dictates how many defects are allowed in the PO, by not using the AQL standard, most inspection companies will not give a simple pass or fail result on the resulting inspection. And so this leaves more up for interpretation as an importer. And if you're not very experienced and if you're new to the quality control, then this might be something that, that you don't want to try just yet. Okay, so you know, despite being able to potentially save some money or inspect more for the quoted inspection price by not using AQL, importers may not want to do that. They might want to stick to using the AQL standard because it would be harder probably for them to interpret the inspection result. And I guess I would add to that too that the supplier might have a harder time as well if you've already negotiated an AQL tolerance with them before they have the inspection happening. So if they expect a certain number of defects in a certain sample size will result in a failing inspection and then you don't stick to the AQL standard, then it becomes hard for everyone to interpret really that inspection result. The last reason for high product inspection costs that you mentioned is high AQL sample sizes. So tell us a little bit about using a higher sample size and how that contributes to a higher cost. So like I said before, the AQL standards dictates how many pieces are inspected during the inspection. And so different levels of the AQL has the inspection company inspecting different amount of pieces. And because inspections are time-based, the less pieces that you inspect, the less time you use, and therefore the lower the cost of the inspection. So one way an importer can lower its cost is by lowering the AQL sample sizes. Okay, so are there any potential problems with you know, lowering the inspection sample size? I mean, if they're checking a fewer number of pieces, what's the problem with that? Right, so the AQL standard, it's a statistical standard. So when you inspect less pieces, it's more likely that defects are going to go unseen or unchecked. Basically, the main issue here is you know, when you inspect fewer number of pieces, you get a more limited look at the overall order. And as a result, you can't be as confident with the results. You know, if you're inspecting 10 pieces out of 100, that's going to tell you less information than if you're inspecting 20 pieces out of 100. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's a little bit of a give and take. Okay, so I feel like the overall message here, you know, we've talked about high product inspection costs, why some importers face higher costs than others, what are the contributing factors for those costs, and how can they really lower their costs? And I feel like the overall message here is that there's really no reason why any importer can't afford inspection. Is that right? How do you feel about that? So as an importer, if you feel like sometimes the inspection costs or quotes that you're receiving are on the high side, but if you know the variables that uh, play a role in contributing to those mandates or expense costs, if you understand why they're so high, then it's easy for you. It's possible for you to try to drive down those costs in order to save some money. Okay. I want to thank George Huang for joining me for today's podcast episode. So thank you, George. Yeah, it's good to be back. And I want to thank our audience of listeners out there for tuning in to today's episode and remind you guys to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn for some daily news tips and advice for you guys. You can check out our YouTube channel for some on-site inspection videos and interviews with industry experts. And finally, if you'd like to get in contact with us directly, you can drop us a line at our company website. That is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.